Hello, MG Squad, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Alan, typically tagged as Dark Knight, trademark pending. I have to, I have to get something new <laughs> for that one. And I am today's host for the podcast. Hopefully everyone is staying inside and staying safe. Today we have partial cast, um, partial cast, partial squad here today. So say hi, people. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. That would be Dandy, Honey, and Creatively Andy. A quick update from the MG Squad. We officially, for this podcast thingy, have... <laughs> We are hyped about it, and we've officially got a logo. Can you believe it? An actual logo. Um, In the center is obviously me looking fresh, can't lie. And then on my left, I think, and on my right, so on my left would be Dandy. No, on my right would be Dan. On my no, on my right would be Honey, and on my left would be Dandy. And then on my back left would be creatively Andy on my back right would be Zen. And speaking of Zen, unfortunately he couldn't join us today, but it's actually thanks to him that we have this um, amazing logo and picture. So it's always much appreciated and well done. But today, to today's topic discussion. As you know, MG is dedicated to increasing diversity and inclusion in the games industry. In addition to all that we do, in addition to all that we do to make this happen, we also we will also be conducting a series of interviews and um, basically passion pieces with various people of color in the games industry to highlight and promote all the work that they do. In layman's terms, basically talking to an individual who personifies the value of meddling gamers. Today, we have Adam Karim, a solo indie developer, launching a Kickstarter campaign with a Mega Man X-inspired 3D action platformer called Protodroid Delta. Good afternoon, Adam. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we are happy to have you. We are, um, I've see, I, I'm going to um, get stuck into the interview, so by all means, um, I want some answers to my questions. So the first question we normally like asking is, um, what is your origin story and why? So basically, why did you decide to get into gaming? Oh, man, because I'm ridiculous. Uh, I think um, <laughs> it, it, the, 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 it was funny. I, it's a long, the long story is that I love Pokemon. I thought I could make a better version of Pokemon. You know, I'm one guy can take on a billion dollar industry. Like, that's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> and so I started I trying to, like, design, like, a Pokemon kind of competitor game, uh, like, just on pen and paper or whatever. And then trying to, like, test it out with friends. And then one day, one of my coworkers was like making, he was talking about like a board game he was trying to make into like a 3D game. And then I was like, well, how do you do that? And he was like, oh, you just use a game engine. And I was like, what? What, what is this sorcery? You <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, who, how do you, what? Because I thought that like all, all games are just made by like in-house software and stuff. You had to like be at a game company to make something. So then when I found out that like regular humans, you know, like, like you know, muggles or whatever could just <laughs> muggles. make muggles. <laughs> could make games. I was like, oh, let me just try it out. Uh, and so I started using the Unreal Engine because um, it has this cool thing called oh. Blueprints where you don't have to yeah. like write code. You can just kind of like drag and drop coding elements. Um, and then like the love for Pokemon kind of then like reminded me of how much I love like Sonic the Hedgehog even more. And yeah. I was like, well, with this Unreal, because at first I tried to do the Pokemon game, but I couldn't figure out how to do that. And so I was like, well, I can make like action games like platformers and I love Sonic. So I started making a Sonic game called Sonic Explorers um, and then entered that into the Sonic Amateur Game Expo, like this online kind of expo of like just fan games, like over 70 or 100 entries each year, people just making like fan games. 
uh, with Sonic the Hedgehog. And so that's kind of what got me my start. And then like, and then just after that project was like winding down and then was like, well, I love Mega Man too. Let me see my, let me try my hand at that. And then as that wound down, I was like, oh, I love Mega Man Legends. So let me just try mm-hmm. my hand at that. Meanwhile, my, my loving patient wife is just shaking her head in the distance. <laughs> and new inspiration that I'm like, oh yeah, how about this? Oh, how about this one? So, um, but yeah, that's up like on my origin stores. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, the next question I like normally asking is, um, what is it that you do that, like day to day? Is it like um a Bruce Wayne Batman type of deal where it's like you have a, oh your gosh. Bruce Wayne job, you got your Batman job, or is it like fully committed to this, like getting this? Not to say that um either way isn't bad, but um is it like Bruce Wayne Batman, or are you like fully committed to like getting this idea? Because I've seen some of the graphics, I've seen some of the game, and it looks really good. Mm-hmm. So are oh, man, you? Thank you. Is it like, are we like fully committed? Because we're behind you. Are we like fully committed to like <laughs> to this game, or do you have like a day job? So um, it's like it's I do have job. a day job. So it's not like a, if if you could imagine Bruce Wayne, who but he was all like like middle class and not Batman, but like I don't know, <laughs> like that dude, like I don't know, like nighttime, uh, nighttime mammal guy. Like that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> not quite as like illustrious or accomplished. Uh, but definitely, yeah. Because I worked as a mechanical engineer by day. Um, cool. Previously cool. at a home appliance company, now at like a tech company um, in the yeah. Bay Area in the U.S. Um, but at night, the, when I come home, and mostly when the kids are like napping or sleeping, I then just like I just kind of like dev like crazy. It's like my only hobby. I don't have I have friends, okay, and I have interests. This is a safe space for all gamers. So. <laughs> I don't know. How you do it because you have kids, then you have a day job, then so what well, how like two hours of sleep per day? Like what's going on? How much yeah, I mean, that's about it. Two, two might be generous. No, I just I'm really aggressive. <laughs> oh I'm really aggressive about the time I spend on, on like carving out as much time as I can. So like during the workday, like during lunch, I'll like just, I'll work on dev stuff. Like I'll like pseudo code, which is, like kind of write down ideas for code, ideas for the game, or like research like assets and stuff. Um, and then like on my commute to and from work is we have like um, like a bus that takes us, like a company bus, mm-hmm. whatever. And during that time, but similarly, I'll like check out, like search the web for like assets or inspiration or Pinterest for inspiration um, or like draw down like new design ideas for the games. And then once I'm home, it's like family time. But then like, I'm telling you, my wife, she doesn't like it either. Like if the kids, if, if they turn their back for like five seconds, I whip out my phone and start writing down ideas. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, we have like our apartment is kind of has it's kind of cavernous, and so like right. I think I'm being slick, but I'm pretty sure my wife is on to me. I'll just kind of like <laughs> walk into a corner and then be gone for like five minutes or ten minutes, and I'm clearly like doing dev stuff at the, at the time. And so it's like well, something really aggressive like that, and then I can finally get like cons- can like focus time like when the kids go to sleep or on the weekends during their nap time. So I get like kind of more uninterrupted blocks then. But yeah, it's just being very aggressive about carving out time for it. Yeah. That's okay. commitment right mm, there. Really That's is. amazing. Yeah. A little bit, but uh, you got a bit of both worlds of the Bat- Bruce Wayne Batman and the full commitment. Like you truly are like, when you're Batman, you are Batman. And when you're Bruce Wayne, you are Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate from, it. From that description, I feel like it's your Bruce Wayne and then you just pull the mask on for a few seconds when you can, then it's off again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, and it's really confusing to the bad guys. It's just like, why do you keep taking your mask off? Like, I'll tell you guys, because I'm working two jobs. I got two obligations right now. All right. So that's pretty much wow. how it's going. Cool, cool. That's amazing. It really is. Um, another question. Why do you believe a game like this is important? Oh, man, because like, you know, the, the best example is Super Smash Bros. And um, and the reason I say this is because Super Smash Bros, especially Smash Bros. Ultimate, 
it has like 70 some odd like selectable characters right and in a lot mm -hmm. of ways it's like a celebration of like a long illustrious history of gaming you've got like all these nintendo icons and like yeah. konami icons and like solid snake you've got sega icons and sonic and yet mm -hmm. through like 30 some odd years of gaming the only characters of color are like either canonically bad guys so ganondorf or yeah. like alternate like or like alternative skins like even the inkling for example for like splatoon mm -hmm. which is Nintendo's kind of foray into kind of more of like a multicultural like diversity thing. Like the default inkling is like is you know is is white or like fairer skin. Um, and so it's like when you when you look at that and you just see like the full landscape of gaming for like if this is what a celebration of thirty years of gaming looks like, and there's like only two people of color when clearly the people who engage and play games it isn't that disproportionate, right? Mm, um, yeah. That kind of lets you know that like oh this is you know this this, this there's a there's an unaddressed like problem that's going on. I mean it's funny when like there are more furries. Than there are like black and brown people, right? I'm getting ahead of myself, um, because I, I, I've asked you why the game is important, but I've actually, I haven't actually talked about the game. So the official description right. which you've given is, um, it's Protodroid Delta is a 3D action platformer set in Solarpunk world with a hopeful yet non-utopian vision of the future. You play as Delta, a protodroid, as she fights to save the radio re region from the devastating drone gang threat. Along her journey, Delta will be forever changed, will forever change the lives of every person she encounters as the story unfolds. Now you describe this game as Mega Man influenced. Now I've never played Mega Man per se. Like I know about oh. Mega Man. I know about X. Uh, no, yeah. Mega Man is called X, but this, you get what I mean. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also know about Zero. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, save me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Capcom games. Like I'm really big. I don't know if people know, but I'm really big on Resident Evil. So how would you say Mega Man influenced your game? Because when I got it, I was very, I got, when I saw the, some of the graphics and some of the um, gameplay, I was, I got a, like a big ratchet and clank feel. Right, so from, right. and I know, understand from the dialogue, like the dialogue bit, I know that, well, that was like, yeah, that's the Mega Man issue. So what for you was the Mega Man influence from your, for your game? Well, the Mega Man influence is all over. I mean, primarily um, just in the character design. So the first thing you see is in the mm. character designs, like the fact that she has like a weapon, her 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 plasma can or buster cannon is like attached to her arm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like something she holds. It's not something she equips. It's a part of her being. Similar to yeah. Mega Man, his buster cannon is like, his mega buster is actually his hand and he swaps out his hand versus the mega buster. So just in terms of like the character design, number one, like the overall like design aesthetic, that's like what they think the most I'd like, um, Paralleled or the most derivative sort of like influence. Beyond mm -hmm. that, there's also just like the overall like story structure. So it's like similar to how Mega Man was created by Dr. Light and his enemies are Dr. Wily mm -hmm. and the creations of Dr. Wily, or even in the X series, how they're these like semi, they're these autonomous uh, reploids who are robots and how yep. they integrate and mesh with society. I'm mirroring a lot of those things in the narrative where like mm -hmm. Delta is the first of one of the first proto droids, which is like. A, a robot with human like human like level consciousness or like like yeah. level of intelligence. She was created by a world renowned roboticist and and, and um, scientist, Doctor Nora Shelton. Um, and there are other protodroids and other robots who had that relationship of like genius doctor and their creation. Like um, the pair who hail from modern day Mexico, but called but they're we're calling it Southern Radia. Um, Doctor Ana Lucia Dorado and her daughter um, uh, Anne Marie Dorado, who she prefers to be called Android. Um, so it mirrors mm. that sort of like doctor to creation um, mm. element. I mean, even to the point that like Delta is um, like Delta is kind of more like X and then like Android is kind of more like zero, um, mm. but like with slight like variations and such. Um, and then cool. the other kind of derivative is, uh, oh, the other thing is the way that um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm mirroring all the same like like core elements of Mega Man, where like you go to a stage, um, you def you defeat the boss, you you acquire their weapon, and then you kind of rinse and repeat until you get to the final boss. Whereas Ratchet and Clank was more of like a RPG light game, where it's like you yeah. you can you can get items, you get like currency which you use to buy upgrades, and those upgrades yeah. are different weapons you can equip, and and just like the narrative focus is very different. It's about like intergalactic travel and yes. like and like Ratchet's search for purpose, whereas one of the things I wanted to make really unique about Protojoid is that I'm trying to, I'm deliberately avoiding the whole kind of tired trope of like, oh my God, AI is going to take over. We're all afraid of the robots. In this world, people are very like tech normative and tech like, like uh, comfortable. So it's like, there's no concern or fear that like, oh, this robot's going to take over because the robot knows it's a robot and people know they're people. And there's just like a healthy kind of understanding about that. And it's more so of a question. It's almost like a post sort of like AI society where it's like, yeah. Um, if they're just like us and we don't think of them any differently, well, what about their interact? How do we then like interact with them or how do they handle like human conflicts? Um, cause the main conflict in the game is, um, driven by like these, what I'm calling these drone gangs, um, which are basically humans who pilot drones remotely and they essentially behave the same way gangs do today, but now have like incredibly like dangerous tech. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, so narratively is very different, and it kind of borrows a lot more from the Mega Man vein. The, the most it has in common with Ratchet and Clank is that it's 3D, uh, mm. and and it kind of has like more of like a cartoony kind of stylized look. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned the 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 human and and the human and android conflict because it reminds me of um Detroit becoming human, where oh my God. <laughs> where that, I feel like there's there's um a hidden parallel there where um you're teaching lessons to people even though when they're playing a game they're not necessarily um feeling the lesson of um like equality between different kinds right. of races even if you're different we're still the same yeah. uh, deep down and that um from that standpoint so i feel like um as much as this game is about diversity there's also an element of um you teaching the lesson of how we're all equal even though like that's the vibe i'm getting because yeah. the vibe, what you're talking about is the same vibe I'm getting when I when I was playing um, Detroit Becoming Human, where um, instead of like um, ethnic minorities, it was androids and robots. So right. the relationship is still explored yeah. between um, people who are on the fringes, who are now being accepted in certain, um, yeah. at certain statuses in society yeah. compared to like yeah. the human. Yeah, for me, because it's like, I'm trying to like one of the things I want to drive with the narrative is that like human problems are always going to exist, right? And that's always kind of going to and, and it's much more interesting when we examine things that we actually face and, and see. And so within the narrative of the game, in fact, most of the characters have some relation to Dr. North Shelter and kind of borrowing kind of like the Avengers kind of Game of Thrones thing where it's like there's like an interconnected web where it's like everyone ha because that's where the interesting bits come in is like how do people's old relationships influence their 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 current or like their mm. their future or like their current situation um but also too like one of the things i really wanted to do with the game is to make it fresh in as many ways as possible so one of the things some of the things that are really stale in gaming is like number one how gaming is predominantly like 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 mono ethnic you know what i'm saying for the most part mm. so instead i'm trying to feature like different ethnicities i have like people who hail from modern day like america i have like a chinese american descendant i've got latino uh, characters in the mm. game and that's and that's like one attempt to be fresh and more representative of like just what a world would actually look like right and something you don't see too often um additionally the setting of being solar punk because when I was like shopping around for like futuristic assets, it's like everybody has the same vision of the future. It's like cyberpunk and like mm. everything is bad and <laughs> everything's neon, everything's neon and it's always raining. And I'm like, come on, like <laughs> the future can't look one way all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's very so, true. 
and so the solar punk vibe i think is is a nice kind of and i stumbled on it just from pinterest and just like looking around and it's so refreshing to see like a like a futurist society that is like but based on like renewable energy, you know what I'm saying? Where mm -hmm. like, and where like the vegetation and people's just lifestyles kind of more in harmony with like their natural environments and how they are aggressive about integrating that. And so you'll see like a, you see like this futuristic building with trees all over it, or you see like this metropolis that looks kind of like a forest in some aspects. And I felt like that was also fresh. Um, and then it's similarly with the whole Android human dynamic, I was thinking that's such a tired trope. Let me just not do that. And instead focus on um, just instead focus on like a post kind of tech society where people have just become adjusted to it. The way I kind of explain it in the game and one of Delta's like hurdles she's overcoming is that people just don't think much of her because like I'm kind of paralleling like how, you know, I'm out today. It's like the new iPhone nine, the new iPhone 10 X or whatever. Right. <laughs> and it's like all these huge tech reveals. The world I make it up is that like, there's been like decades of like tech reveals of like the next great AI, it's going to change your life. And they all kind of like suck. <laughs> and, they all, and they all kind of fail to live up to the billing. And so people are becoming very like nonchalant and kind of like jaded about AI. It's like, oh, you're just another one of those. You'll be defunct in a little while. You know better than like a glorified Google search. So that's kind of the, the conflict that Delta overcomes. Ooh. It has to overcome is that like people don't think much of her because of all the stuff that's come before her. Um, and then and like a subtle thing about that, her being like female as well, it's like, I kind of want to play on that that unfortunate reality too, that like oftentimes women in, in, in like tech or like action and things have to kind of like prove themselves twice, right? Or have to mm -hmm. always kind of have to like demonstrate that they're like twice as good as or better than and overcome these sort of like inherent hurdles. And so these are little elements that I'm trying to reflect in reality and like a modern society that I want the characters to kind of live out and sort of like um, and explore. While you um, I've got like my sister. She was like, she just, she just felt your words. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm the son too. I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah thank you. On on a personal topic, how has the as you know that we're on the um the coronavirus lockdown and the pandemic has how has that affected the development of this game? Has it given you more time to work on it, or oh. has it been um like a like a, like a dot dot dot? Has it been like um hectic for you and not enough time? No. Because I'm because I'm nuts, right? I'm like legitimately crazy, uh, and so, you know, what I'm saying it's like like I've I've I'm just as aggressive with the time and, and like trying to carve out time. So it's like if there was if it was like the Black Plague again, I'd find a way to develop this game. If it was like <laughs> if people were like ex evacuating Earth, you know, what I'm saying because like man, it's really getting bad over here, man. We need to go somewhere. I'd be like, all right, I hear you, but. This game though, like, <laughs> can I bring my PC wherever we're going, and can we connect it to a battery? Because like, we got, I got moves to make. So like, uh, fortunately, no, it hasn't impacted it too much. It, what has impacted is like life at home is tougher because my wife is like with the kids for like really long periods of time when I'm working during the day, and then um, and then uh, when and then when I get off work, then I'm helping out afterwards. So her not being able to like take the kids out to meet with other families and to like do more um. It just be kind of stuck with two small children for a long time. That's been stressful and difficult. Um, but um, but yeah, fortunately, um, the, the the on the game development side, I'm still kind of like carving it out in the extra time around my life. And you guys can see it. But I'm doing like chopping hands with my hands. <laughs> that is um that is great to hear. Um, so um. One um uh, one last I I doubt it. I've got a lot more one last question. But, um, <laughs> I understand that um the game is coming out um late fall November ish if I'm correct. Yeah, I've I've I'm allocating about a year and a half of like dedicated development time, and that number mm -hmm. comes from 
So I've made, this will be my fifth game. I've made four small games, which are all on Game Jolt. Um, again, mm -hmm. Sonic Explorers, um, Mega Man X and Zero, um, Mega Man Legends 1.5, and Tough Stuff. Uh, and the Tough Stuff is like Ape Escape, but like with um, stuffed animals. That game is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but uh, from based on that, I have, and how long it took me to make this much progress on um, Proto Droid Delta, I've, I'm confident that it would take about a year and a half to get um, it done. And, I'm, and because I'm limiting the scope of the game, being a solo developer who is mostly just developing in, in my spare time, I'm limiting the scope. For example, most Mega Man games have like eight bosses, right? Um, sure. I'm going to go with four. You know what I'm saying? Most Mega game, most Mega Man games have like, um, and, and yeah, so that is like a really big kind of like cutting the game kind of in half uh, yeah. from what I would have preferred to do, but know what I, what I can do with given my, given my limitations. Um, yeah. And so, in addition to that, like I'm also making use of like as many wherever I can. It doesn't like break the immersion and break the quality of the game, but like mm -hmm. um, readily available assets on like on like uh, online marketplaces, like Unreal Marketplace and like Sketchfab and places, as opposed to getting everything custom built um, wherever possible. Um, and so, just little things like that to kind of keep the scope in check. I mean, uh, um, yeah. Cool. I like that. Um. So. I know we're just talking about like a year you've allocated a year and a half, but are there any more future endeavors? Like any other ideas that you got cooking up in your brain? Man, don't get me started, man. <laughs> I got a wife. Oh no, what that trying to hear that? <laughs> She's like, this is tough, Adam. I want this to be done soon. So like, no, but um, I uh, I, the other game that's really near and dear to my heart. So this, if I were a game company, I would make these three games. I would make Protodroid Delta. I would make tough stuff into a full game because it's basically Ape Escape, but the premise is that like it's like a magical world as, as opposed to like a tech-heavy world, and there's these beautifully loved like stuffed animals, um, but they're like this evil witch who kind of is salty for like really petty reasons, but, uh, but she's salty, and so she decides to enchant all the stuffed animals and turn them to be very aggressive, and so they're like attacking people, and that's where the name Tough Stuff comes from because the stuffed mm. animals have become very tough and angry oh, or whatever. Like <laughs> I'm getting like uh, five. Freddy vibes are like I'm, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> no, no, no. So, no. And it's very cartoony. So it's like it's like okay. in a cartoon world. It's very colorful. Like for example, you catch the stuffed animals with like a overly exaggerated like um like bubble blower. You know what I'm saying? That's like the ones you stick in a bottle and blow bubbles. So it's like you yeah. like the, the the brother. His name is Rocky. Um, and uh, he kind of swings his like a huge bubble net and catches the stuffed animals. And his sister Bree, she has like a Nerf gun filled with like bubble water. And so she like shoots him at the stuffed animals, and it's it's a good time. It's hilarious. So I would um I'd make that into a full game. What I like about it too is it also features like uh, mainly black uh, protagonists, like Rocky and Bree are like like black, uh, uh, black characters, and um they're cool. And then the third game I would do would be a a a, a, um, a spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends. Uh, that game was like kind of a niche following. It wasn't like terribly popular or terribly like su commercially successful, but I loved it. It was like really charming. It was the first Mega Man game that was actually in 3D, uh, and it had a lot more like RPG elements, like fully voice acted dialogue, like cutscenes, and just like cartooniness to it. And it's really like near and dear to my heart. So the idea I had, and I'll message it to you guys in the, in the Discord later. It's called Legends of the Skies and Seas, or abbreviated LOTS. And um, and the idea with that one is that like as it's, it's like a, playing homage to Mega Man Legends, hence the name Legends in the title. But the idea is that like it really drives this idea of like legends. So for example, the main character is named Serena, and she's named after who? The legendary tennis player of our time, like Serena Williams, Ooh, right? And I then similarly, that. and then similarly, uh, like her main rival is named Samasa Ron, but she goes by Sammy, and she's like 
she's she's like um I, I don't know what her ethnicity is her ethnicity would be i'm thinking they'd give her like an english accent australian i don't know but she's like a white girl with like red head uh but she's named after uh samus aaron uh hence the name like oh, sammy true. who's a legendary like bounty hunter so it's like it's like All things right. like that are like recurring throughout the game another example is how so the way the world the way the world of the game is is that like serena is a cartographer and so her job is to dive into these ancient sort of like techno ruins that have like these they're like caverns or the techno caverns what they call it. they're like these caverns that have like this rare precious material like uh like mineral inside of them and her job is to map those places out because they're these dangerous like golems these dangerous like magical as you can imagine like a stone creature that kind of has like glowing magic kind of looking <laughs> look to them right and her job is to map out these caverns create maps of them with her family uh because they run a family business of cartography and then sell them to people who then will use the map to find out where are the safe spots and dangerous spots to like mine the uh, the precious ore from um and so the game is kind of like a spin on Mega Man Legends because you won't like the goal isn't really to go in and like shoot everything up, but actually to explore as much of the space as possible to create really good maps and then get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so and so so like another like thing about the legends is that like the caverns themselves are like a legend. Like every little little culture you come across has a different like myth or legend about like where the caverns came from, who what dwells inside the caverns, what the nature the true nature of them is. And the idea is that as the story unfolds, it becomes like like a big reveal about like what their place is in the world relative to the people. Um, and so, and the, the last legends are the legends of this, like literally, literally the caverns of legends of the skies and seas, because they're located either in oceans or atop mountains. But then there's also like a band of like sky pirates and then a band of like ocean bound pirates who hate each other because they blame each other for them not being in each other's space. So it's like the sea pirates are right. We'd be in the skies if it weren't for those darn sky pirates. And the sky pirates are like, mm -hmm. we'd be in the seas if it weren't for those darn sea pirates. <laughs> and, so, and they respectfully think of themselves as the legends of the skies and seas because it's like they rule their respective domains, but they also hate each other. And they also, their place in the world is that they try to rob from people like Serena and Sammy who who who, who produce the maps. Like they try to like basically like scavenge around entry points to the caverns um and try to like uh, assault people who come out so they can take the maps and sell them for themselves that's what they pirate um so yeah i'm very i have too much creativeness I no, 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 no. no you do not that this sounds great like you're gonna have to launch it with the kickstarter man because i already oh, want man. this game <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to show you guys the art for matter of fact let me pull it up and yes, i'll just send it to send you in the time because i really like it um so, yeah serena she came out really really nice Oh, Do you know, it's see. funny that you mentioned that because the artwork you've got for uh, Proto Droid Delta is just fantastic. Like, mm. I love the look of it because it looks like something that's bright and beautiful. And it's kind of goes back to what you were saying about all these new cyberpunk games. They're all a little bit dark and gritty. Kind of yeah. nice to see something bright and optimistic for a change. Yeah. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you. Because it's, you know, it's overdone, you know, and and that's one of the, like, the benefits yeah. of being like, uh, a truly indie dev who doesn't actually have the dev for like a living or for money, mm -hmm. I can yeah. just kind of create whatever because it's like I, I don't, I'm not bound by the commercial success of what I'm making. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm more, liber I had more freedom to kind of create these things. Unless I was like Warren Buffett, then I could just do whatever, right? Well, I'm rich. Sure. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm making <laughs> the most ridiculous games <laughs> if I was rich. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, seeing the artwork for Legends of the Skies and Siege. This looks amazing. I love it. Does. it. That's yeah. That's um. That's uh. That's Serena on the left, and then her mm -hmm. rival Sammy. So Serena, her family has a family business of cartography. Mm -hmm. Sammy is, and she kind of has, and so um, it's so cool in the sense of like, so Serena, 
and I should talk about Protodroid more, but this game is exciting too. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, like with Serena, like she's like kind of you can see in her personality, her face, and everything is like she does cartography almost like for the love of the game. She just loves it. Like she loves exploring. She loves learning more about the creatures that live in the in the caverns, and she has her own theories about what their place is in the world. Sammy, on the other hand, is like a con is like a contractor. Like she works for a larger cartography company um, led by these twins, um, Mip and Map, and it's called Mip Maps Maps Company. Uh, the funny thing about them is that the brother, their brother and sister pair, and they themselves don't know who really owns the company because, like, Mip thinks he owns the company because his name comes first, but Map thinks she owns the company because her name is in the title twice because it's Mip Maps. And, Map. <laughs> <laughs> and so, similar to because how that's how Mega Man Legends was a lot of like just sort of like like tongue in cheek kind of humor like that. Yeah. So, at any rate, um, Sam, Serena, Sammy kind of does. She does it more so. She just sees cartography. She's like, it's just a job, okay? It's just a job. Um, and so that's kind of where their kind of clash kind of comes in, where it's like, it's sort of like if you imagine like pro footballers, right? You have some who like just love it, you know what I'm saying? And like they, they've yeah. been doing it because they've been wanting to do it since they're a child. And there are others who've kind of seen the business end of it a little bit more. And they realize there really isn't no space for love. It's an industry, you know what I'm saying? It's just something that you do, you know what I'm saying, to make a living for yourself. And so that's kind of where their conflicting worldviews kind of come from and where their conflict comes from is that uh, and how they interact with each other. That's pretty cool. I like that. I will. Mm -hmm. I've asked a lot of questions, so I'm thinking I might open up the floor to the team. Do you guys have any other questions for Adam? Uh, yeah, totally, actually. Um, so we kind of covered one of my questions that I really wanted to ask, but um, I know that you got a Kickstarter going for um, Protodroid uh, Delta right now, right? I think that just launched a short while ago. Yeah, they just launched on Wednesday, and right now I have the tab open constantly. Uh, we're yeah. up to ooh, we're up to ten thousand nine hundred dollars. We're fifty four percent of the way. Amazing! Congrats! Three so days. Far. Oh my gosh! But, thank yeah, you so much. That's um, that's what I wanted to ask about. So uh, after you get this funded, because we're all about optimism and support, being supportive here. Um, I know you've mentioned that you've done a few projects in the past around Sonic and others around Mega Man that you'd want to do. But could you see yourself continuing the story of Protodroid Delta? Would you want to see a kind of a sequel or something like that? Because oh the story have... see, seems like it could be expanded so far. Oh my gosh, I have. You guys are giving me goosebumps. I'm like shaking over here. Okay. <laughs> I got so many ideas for Protodroid Delta. Oh my gosh. So the main thing, and of course, so, oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> the thing is, the thing is with Delta, her greatest strength is not her Buster Cannon or her Plasma Blade. Her greatest strength is her ability to cause change in people. And that's kind of like why Dr. Shelton named her that is that it's like, a, it's like a layered meaning a lot of ways. Like I want this game to be the change and like what people see representation in games and what people can expect of the game. I want Delta and like the world that she lives in, the way she interacts with people, she will cause people to change their perspective on what AI is capable of, what robots can offer to society. And then similarly within the narrative, every boss that she beats, um, she causes some significant change in her life. Uh, and so the thing that makes it funny is that like, or the thing I think about is that, for example, in Assassin's Creed, there's always this weird thing. I don't. It's like some gaming tropes are so ridiculous, but we just accept them. So it's like in Assassin's Creed, you kill a guy, right? And then in his, and then as he's bleeding out of his neck, he's like, "Let's have a conversation. Let me connect." <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell you my whole life story, fam. And I know there's guards coming, and they want to kill you, but I told them to wait just a little bit. Yes, I'm bleeding. I think I died five minutes ago, but you need to hear this story. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's like he's dead. He died 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and he's still talking to me. 
Um, and then similarly with like make the Mega Man games, I always thought it was kind of a missed opportunity that like you have all these robot masters and all these like rep like Mavericks, but they don't really give them backstories or or, or yeah. like explore mm -hmm. who they are. You, I'm like, why would you spend all that time in, in character design and then not and then get throw them away, like kill them and move on? You know what I'm saying? So instead mm -hmm. with this game, that's for the reason I did with like the humans remotely piloting dro like uh, uh, um, drones is that it provides the opportunity for like a post mortem. Like that makes sense. So with each boss that Delta defeats. She then is able to engage in some sort of dialogue or some sort of meaningful, like, uh, mm -hmm. like conversation with said gang leader that she defeats, right? And with the four that I have, I don't want to say who gets what, but it seems that there's like a re, there's like a re, quote unquote re path for each of them: uh, redemption, revenge, uh, reinvention, and re uh, and redirection. Um, That's so cool. And so the idea is that one of the one of the gang leaders pursues a path of rede redeeming themselves for for what they've done. Another one is so angered by what Delta has taken from from them that they they pursue a path of revenge. And the reason I say that is that that individual's path of revenge would naturally play into the sequel or any a DLC that I would do, where it doesn't uh, focus so much on Delta. It focuses now on Android and how. Um, Android's pursuit to eliminate or, or neutralize this individual because they've become even more dangerous as a result of what what has what has befallen them at the hands of Delta, mm -hmm. um, and so that would kind of be the follow up story. And then like I'm not sure if I would keep it the same genre though. Like I think the nature of Android is that she tends like she's designed to be more of a close combat specialist and not someone who kind of just jumps into the middle of a battlefield, but operates in a way that that is most effective while also very um, I will say aggressive, right? So it makes sense for mm -hmm. her to kind of be more in like a Metroidvania or like a like a a game that's kind of more like Arkham Asylum, where it's like you're you're kind of more like a limit. You operate more in close quarters. It has a lot more to do about like being unable to access an area until later in the game until you get some upgrade or some new item, and then you can access that area. And I'm thinking that what happens is with that story is that the individual who seeks revenge either lures Android into like a large like kind of like Arkham Asylum type of thing, and in, in an attempt to sort of like take her out. Um, or or something along those along those lines. Um, additionally, there's a third protodroid who gets introduced. I'm not going to say when, but I'm just going to say not mm -hmm. early in the game. And what's cool about them, and what I wanted to do with the different protodroids, is that they each represent a different approach to creating an artificial intelligence. So, like Delta, Dr. Shelton created her to be a a rational being devoid of like uh, of like prejudice, discrimination, or, or or unsound judgment, and devoid of like being making like emotionally clouded decision making. Um, so she's basically, if you were to take all the aspects of humanity and then take away the emotions, um, which she would be that. Very similar to like Data from like Star Trek is like kind of like the working model I had in oh, mind. Cool. Yeah. Android, on the other hand, was created by Dr. Um, Dorado's digital mind mapping technique. And one of the byproducts of that is that it carries with it the emotional capacity of the, of the host that you were scanned from. And that's the reason why like Dr. Dorado thinks of Android as her daughter, her Miha, her like her child. Because it's like she has her mind, like quite literally. But there's like slight changes uh, because of similar to how parents and, and like children there, we have the same genes, but like with slight changes. Um, similarly with Android, so she has she has she is unique, though she possesses her mom's mind for the most part, um, and she has emotional capacity, like very limited, but she has it. So like for example, she the things that she likes, she likes fighting, she likes moving, she likes being dynamic, and she hates like um, the, the the carnage and the injustice that's that's brought by the by the drone gangs, just like her mother does. Um, and then the third protodroid, uh, Vega, he ends up being built. I'm not gonna say how. It's like a cool little thing at the end of the game. Okay, but he gets built. Uh, and with him, he presents. Whereas Delta is incredibly rational and has a large amount of like knowledge because she basically has like 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 Google or whatever, like all the world's like knowledge kind of like stored with her. Um, Doctor, 
Vega's experiment is that like he possesses the decision making of of of, of Delta, but none of the information. The idea is to be an experiment of like what would a, how would a protozoid form if they were to be raised as a human or raised like in this and they learn the world the same way humans learn the world, which is just through a series of experiences and and, and people who are in your life. Um, and so they kind of represent different approaches to like what kind of makes up the human mind. I would say. That's so cool. There's just there's so much. There really is a lot. So, many layers. so much load. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking. Like the layers are. Is, is oh deep. yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because that's what would make the Vega game interesting. Is that it would be much more of like an RPG type of thing. It's much more about like kind of like The Witcher type of thing because that's uh, was cool. Vega's experiences. Like he has to experience the world. He has to meet people. There are conflicts. There are still drone gangs that they have to dispel. But it's less of like a platformer and kind of more of like a. It would be more of like an open world type of like what is like who 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 will vega become you know what i'm saying uh mm -hmm. and so um and so that that's kind of like uh that's kind of what i have in mind for like sequels for the protodroid lore cool wow that's amazing i love the idea of that and it's just i'm looking at you you set up a pinterest um for all the the, the culture and i think yeah. it's really amazing that you've delved so deeply into the actual what they wear and all of these things and the world and the world building scene is amazing this this would be a really good book as well actually there's just so much depth to this and just seems like a lot of research went into it so mm. how long did like you know the idea before you started making it how long did that process take I um because again everything is prefaced with I'm generally insane so I think like <laughs> you're the same way that like the Joker kind of always knows what Batman's gonna do because the Joker is obsessed with this dude so he's always thinking about Batman he's like always trying to figure out what Batman's gonna do and things so I'm the same way it's like there's not like a moment that goes by where I'm not thinking about my games or like not yeah. thinking of ways I can add and, and, and layer to it so that's kind of the beauty of Pinterest is that like wherever I am I can just browse through different like pens and like and I draw inspiration from those. Yeah. Um, and so that, and so in terms of time, I started working on Protojoy in earnest. I think um, around November. That's when I started like sketching out myself, like like character design ideas for Delta, um, and then hiring different uh, con contracting different like artists around like the, uh, um, to help me kind of finalize her look and her design. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the funny things is that like I, of the artists I hired, oh, actually, this is important to tell you guys because it's terrible. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I'll show you guys a picture of it. So um, I'll send you a little picture. But one of the things that kept happening as I was designing my characters, and this is kind of speaks to one of the motivations for making this game, is that Delta's designs would frequently come back, I won't say frequently, but more often they should have come back either lighter in skin or mm -hmm. more sexualized. Oh, really? She would, she would, it would be fairly common that she would come back to me either with like, and I'll show, I'll show you the picture. I have this slide deck that I titled, um, quote unquote, bigger boobs, please. Because that's oh one of the things that no, no. someone wow. kind of said to me. Uh, that is like, very disappointing. And so, but it's, it's and yeah, there's a lot of little things like this. So, um, and I'm going on a tangent, but that answer your original question. I started that <clears> about in November. Uh, is in earnest, kind of actually planning and, and designing Delta, and then I then got in that after finishing character designs and stuff. I then moved on to like implementing stuff into the in-game engine and such from mm -hmm. January to like mid-Feb, I think, uh, or, mm -hmm. or like, yeah, because yeah, I was on paternity leave at the time, and so it, it made it a little easier to get things done. Yeah, between December and about February, um, was able to build the sort of like, the world that you see that all like the, 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 the gameplay clips are from. And then from about mid-Feb till, I guess, 
Sunday, <laughs> I was working on the, the the Kickstarter, which involved like finishing the character designs, um, finishing like um, and, and, and like writing up the lore, writing up uh, like like the relationships, the character uh, like profiles and bios and stuff. Um, one of the Kickstarter rewards is we're, I'm coming out with like a like a mini comic cut titled Year Zero, which is going to kind of right. chronicle. It's going to show you a snapshot in life, a day in the life of Delta and her first year of life, because the game officially takes place like around her first birthday. Um, but uh, oh, after being around for about a year, and so I got this comment that kind of so writing the script and this and the and the, and the storyboarding for that it was was also kind of going on. But let me show you guys these little reminders about um, how Delta would come back through my design um, experience. So that, that's that. the first picture of. Uh, oh wow. Some of these I would prefer you not to share because like I have a friend, like one of the one of them is like a piece of um, art that like some friends of mine have done. And they, you know, they didn't mean anything by it, but it's like, so the first one kind of shows how she, the first one, I don't mind you sharing because that's ridiculous. Um, and I that even asked the guy, I was like, yeah, I was like, why did you make her? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why did you make her skin tone? Why did you make her skin tone, bruh? And then he was like, oh, I thought that was, he was like, oh, I thought like for the first one that has like the the, the orange and the green. He was like, oh, I thought yeah. that was you know one of the things to change. I was like, wow, get out of here, really? Yeah, get the GTFO. You lying through your teeth <laughs> on the internet? Heck no. Oh um, my. And then so similarly, that, there's yeah. So that's one of the problems that a million gamers we try to combat. It's the um, I wouldn't. Would we call it a microaggression? Because it's um, it's something. It's it's not something that they realize that they're doing. It's but it's unconscious some... bias, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. It's something they realize that they're doing, and exactly. it's something that um... exactly. It's an unconscious bias. It's an unconscious like assuming of what normal looks like, and it's only that way because so many games, so many, so much of the industry presents this as like the as like the overall majority. You know, what I'm saying that, like most characters for, who look like this are fair in skin. Most female mm -hmm. characters we happen to design to make them sexier because. We understand that the, this demographic is, I guess, it's used very largely like male and middle age, like like young to middle age, and so we have to do things that appeal to their taste or whatever. That, yeah. in conjunction with the fact that for so long, most of the creators of themselves, people, you know, they make things in their own image. So a lot of games yeah. are exports of Japan or exports of the or parts of the U.S. and typically dominated by like, you know, like, like either like Japanese guys or like white guys and such. So they naturally are going to make things that kind of like that they can see themselves in, they can see their sisters, yeah. in, they can see their, their friends in, and so. When your creators look look this way, it's, it's understandable you would do that, and it just speaks more to the point of like why we really need more and different types of creators in this in mm -hmm. these spaces, That's so people can make what's comfortable for them, and 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 see what they can see themselves in. Uh, and so these are just like little reminders that like kind of because all the design decisions are deliberate. Like Delta is deliberately not sexualized. Like Android, though she's like I guess her face is beautiful, whatever. I just wanted her to look fierce. And 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 confident and strong, but she's deliberately mm -hmm. like not like her 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 bust is not like noticeable. You know what I'm saying? Um, like these are all deliberate things about people's designs. All the characters, like even the female, the male character, all wear like long flowing like robed clothes because I want to encourage like this idea that like you know just because she's a girl doesn't mean she has to start like taking her clothes off. It's like so crazy. It's like I saw like an ad for like this battle royale game, and it's like this is like this hunkered up like armored like guy running around with like. With like commando gear, and next to him is a girl in booty shorts and a tank top, and they're both <laughs> shooting <laughs> with guns. You said it. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like from a tactical standpoint, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. Unless she, unless her, unless her whole mo is like, I'm gonna distract the f out of these dudes. Then that's gonna know what's going on because I look so good. They're gonna be like, oh damn, she look good, and I'm gonna shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> unless that's her strategy, and she's like playing 4D chess, which I don't think is her strategy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Um. Yeah, I hear that. So, uh, 
Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, that... On the back end of that, actually, I'm quite interested. So that's that's quite a lot of kickback to your creative design sort of thing. So how do you deal with that and not let it affect your morale? How do you keep on pushing forward when people, you yeah. know, you, you design aid and even members of the potential audience are saying stuff like that? How do you keep yourself motivated to keep on working think, and not changing your designs? That's a good question. Number one is that I'm not financially beholden to these things. So if I were our games company, then these decisions technically have like, you know, financial ramifications. And I think that, that makes mm -hmm. it diff more difficult for people to stick to something that's more principled because it's like, well, we could make these characters that are, we think more just or more like, or just like better or more sound and quality and design. But like the, dem the demographic is the demographic. These are the people who play games currently. And, um, and I need to employ these people, you know, I need to, we need to like, we need to keep the lights on. And so you kind of have to make compromise decisions. And so it's nice when you see people like, like Gearbox Studios, for example, and how they're doing a little bit more with representation in their games. When you get established enough where you can kind of like put in bits and bits and pieces of it over time. But I think that's one part. The other part is that it goes back again to like, like the Smash Bros example. I don't think like the designers in Japan are like consciously thinking when they're designing someone, oh, definitely don't make her black. She's no oh God, that would be horrible. You know what I'm saying? It's more so an unconscious thing where it's like, well, everything I've seen looks like this. So I'm going to default to making something like this. Or like I can see myself in this character. And so mm -hmm. I, what would it look like if, if I were them? And, I, and, and then drawing yourself into that. And so I think, so I get, essentially give people in many ways like the benefit of the doubt that like, you know, from the, on the creative side. And then on the consumer side, I'm like, hey, I mean, if all you've seen for 30 years, you know what I'm saying? You think how ridiculous it is? Mario mm -hmm. is a white Italian dude. Made by Japanese people. <laughs> an Italian plumber. You know what I'm saying? It's like what? Help me. Really? That's like if I made a game with like an Indonesian like electrician. You know what I'm saying? That's our hero. That's the one we're gonna go with. This dude from like southern Indonesia who is an electrician. It's like what? <laughs> but it's like that's just kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just kind of like the nature of it. And so if that, that's all you've seen for so long. Um, you kind of things that look other than you kind of like are unfamiliar, and so in, in the unfamiliarity, you kind of like kind of twitch your head, like, oh, that's kind of odd. And so, I think that's kind of, in my, in my, in my, to, in my opinion, that's kind of where it comes from. And so, um, that those, those three combinations of things, yes, I like that. Very cool, yeah, so do I. And I think that's amazingly important. And the idea that you are so like adamant, yeah. adamant that it has to look like this because you know. Being a person of color, you know what it feels like when you're not represented. And you know what it means. Yeah. And you know what it means to other people when they say, oh my God, that person looks like me. That simple idea is just so important. And it's something that some people don't actually realize how important it is. Um, like even just being made to look overly sexualized and things like that. It's just those yeah. little things, you know, that are very important. Like as a woman, it when it's really like, is. Hmm. It go, no, continue, continue. I'm sorry. As a woman, when I'm seeing a character, she's overly sexualized, like, oh my God, really? And so it's just, I'm not saying you every woman has to be covered up from now and as a character. I'm just saying when you only see one type of thing every single, I mean, how many fighting games are there? And what are the oh women wearing or lack thereof? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Combat it's funny. Like, <laughs> whoa. I love those games. I actually do love those games, but it's annoying when it doesn't represent you in the right way. It's a real shame as well, because do you know what? It's funny. You've just sent us a picture of uh, some of comparison of what we're talking about. And one of the games that you've sent here is Nier Automata with uh, 2B. And I've got to be honest, I'm a huge fan of Nier Automata. <laughs> but it kind of is a bit tragic for me that this yeah. incredible game, it, it can't be delivered in any other way than this. Android yeah. with 
hooker boots on and you can see her like, up a skirt all the time. Listen, I'm not, I'm not talking down on the outfit. I'm just saying that it feels like a shame that we have these incredible games and these creators don't feel like they can just deliver something like Protodroid Delta, who is just, you know, a character without any of these extra add-ons. So, yeah. It's funny too, because that's another subtle thing that some designers were doing, artists were doing, and as I was asking for concept art to like kind of finalize Delta design, they were putting her in heels. And I was like, really? Well, she's a robot. I'm combat wise. <laughs> that's very difficult to pull off. Like, can you imagine the type of like balance algorithms you'd have to design to keep someone upright in heels? Like, there's a reason like MMA fighters don't wear heels. <laughs> like, not, yeah. you know, there's, there's a reason like when someone is put in. So, and I, like, and so to this point, like I thought, I thought it was one of the most like frustrating things that like Samus Aaron is like a legendary character in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? And like her games have like spawned like all the Metroidvania kind of concept. And then yet yeah. when she takes off her suit, it's revealed that she's wearing heels underneath the suit. And like, she's like super kind of like voluptuous and stuff. It's like, did you need to do that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, she was cool. She was already like fierce and like, and like, and like, uh, and like formidable as designed. And now mm -hmm. you're telling me that underneath her suit, she's, she's legitimately wearing heels. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause that's essentially canonically how it happens. Like she wears a zero suit under the, uh, under the, um, under her larger like her, her larger armor uh, but yeah. then similarly with like in the near example it's like and the thing that's that's unfortunate too is that it becomes much more like stark when you contrast it with the guy, way guys are designed so like for mm -hmm. example nines and in, in near that is the most like average character design imaginable he's wearing like plumber boots like <laughs> and like this golf yeah. jacket he's got these little like like a boy scout shorts like that's no one looks at that and goes yo man that's tight dog where'd you get those shorts from i want to be <laughs> i want to be golf boy scout tomorrow like nobody wants to see that <laughs> but you can get away with that because that's the guy character similarly like bayonetta mm -hmm. people you know they point to her sexuality as like her strength i mean or whatever but it's like by contrast and all the devil may cry artwork you can just have guys literally like in the picture just literally walking with like a coat on and it's like oh yeah that's cool but like all of Bayonetta's poses, she's like doing these like incredibly contorted and like twisted like like poses and stuff. Um, mm. And I'm not saying that's like necessarily no women should do that. No, we should sort of like put these people in clothes and stuff. I just she think works. that like mm. the the overwhelmingness of it is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you know what I'm saying, especially when you contrast it like on the gun on the guy side. Yeah. It's like their designs are much more muted. You know what I'm saying? The easiest thing, I kind of got into like a Twitter spat with some people about this some time ago um, about like a guy who drew a robot with these huge boobs. And I was like, why does she? I mean, is she going to, did she give birth recently? Is she have to feed her young baby? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why would someone design a robot with a bus like that? And so when you look at like, for example, the latest like Mega Man X game, Mega Man X Dive, and the pictures I sent you, know, on the left, you have the male characters, the male reploids, and they, you know, look cool. And on the right, it's like there's like individually carved boobs on like on the on the on the female reploids. Mm. And I'm like, I get it. Like you want to represent the female anatomy, but like, are you trying like that's a bit much? You know what I'm saying? I feel I feel like yeah. that's a bit much. Yeah, and no. so I, I wanted to the proto joy like prove that point that I can create like a whole world of characters who you wouldn't be confused and think, oh, is, is Delta a guy? I can't tell because she's not she's not a double D. I can't I couldn't tell. If she was a guy because of her, she wasn't voluptuous enough, you know what I'm saying? Um, so sorry if I'm harking the point for too long. No, 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 no. This is, I feel like this is a really important point to discuss because, you know, um, as well as representation of, well, everyone we've talked about, it's also fantastic that your game represents women in this way of having this design, which is unfortunately not the norm of just having someone who is 
looking functional as well as visually interesting without all these extra elements we've just been discussing. Um, I think it's important to point out that none of us think these things are bad. It's not bad to be in heels. It's not bad to be in a voluptuous outfit. It's just, it's kind of nice to see something different. different. Yeah, exactly. You're balancing out the palette of yeah. games. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so too. Either that, or just put more guys in thongs, right? You know, put <laughs> in a speedo, you know, while we're at it. No, that's a bad thing for a guy to wear a thong. Hey, <laughs> now it's cool. Let's be trailblazers. More guys in thongs, 2020. <laughs> exactly. I think it's like once you do that, then people realize, hey, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? And then it's like, once you're on the receiving end, then it's like, oh, damn, you're right. That is kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Like, you're saying everything. I'm just like, this is exactly what I mean when we just have one narrative and that's the norm. When it's just like really a woman in heels with like some sexy outfit on and that's all we ever see like mm -hmm. and then when she is covered up there has to be a reason for it mm -hmm. but if you varied it from the beginning then when she's covered up it won't even be like oh okay the way you the some of the images you've sent us make her sexy and make her this when you stray from that norm it's like oh why is she covered up yeah and suddenly it's just like yeah. oh there's a reason for it, you know yeah, and it's questioned. exactly Absolutely. And even cool. even too, um, the other thing that that's subtle in the game, I haven't talked about it, but I've I've tried to make it deliberate to flip the male female ratio. So the, there are more female characters in this game than are male characters. Um, and I want to bring that point up because one of the comments I got on Reddit, um, you know, Reddit is full of stuff, but was like, yeah, why yeah, are there so um, many girls? That was like one of the questions, right? There's someone that's why are there so many women? And it's like the fact that one would think that is the reason why. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you would see that yeah. and think, oh, this is this is out of the ordinary. What's going on? You've got all these women here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is 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 kind of emblematic of that of that same problem that like, yeah. you know, too often, like you look at Mega Man, for example, it's like 30 some odd games. And it's like you can count the number of female characters or like heroes on one hand. And the ones that are female, they often aren't like given the position of like being the agents of their of given their own agency. You know what I'm saying? And like they are either support roles. Or they're like side characters, or they're like the interest that some guy has to go save. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, th th there are more stories to tell than just those. You know what I'm saying? We can tell <laughs> stories of of like female characters who interact with male characters that don't have like some underlying love interest behind it. It's just they just act in these ways because it's the right thing to do. Um, you don't have to have like, yeah, that's just a lot of things I'm trying to address. And it's why her name for me is so fitting and perfect. Is that like she Delta is the change, and this game is and represents in many ways what the changes that I would hope to see, um, just overall in, in the medium. Yeah, I, um, I wholeheartedly agree with that <laughs> statement because I remember we did a, um, we did a talk about um, a male and female um, gaming characters and how the, the female character, when it comes to video games, they're normally portrayed as an object. An object, like they're they're to be one. They're the reason why the male goes out and fights. He's the knight in shining armor, blah, blah, blah. And they're not given any agency of their own. But um, and it's very telling in certain video games when it's like when a man when a when the male hero is captured, he's um like metal like a link or um snake. They find um ingenious ways of setting themselves free, but hey. when a female is captured, oh no, come save me. <laughs> I don't know how many times he has been kidnapped. Like Buy a lock. Every time. You wow. wonder if she wants to actually leave sometimes. You just gotta wonder if she goes willingly. Maybe Mario is a bad guy. 
I'm telling you, there has to be some sweet perks in Bowser's castle, like 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 free lattes or something. There must be like a reason when she's like, you know, oh, Bowser's he's he'll be here any minute because I really need to get my hair done. Like there has to be something that like <laughs> he offers her because you're right. It's like yeah, it's just it's silly. It's silly. Um, yeah. it's silly. Well, but, we um, um, just oh, one more question, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So this is clearly the most important question. Um. So if you were gonna add any character to Smash, who are you gonna add? Ulta. <laughs> <laughs> I would add Delta to Smash. Uh, good, um, good answer. Good answer. From the ones I can pick from. Um, yeah, yeah. She's 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 awesome. She's perfect. Uh, and so like, and she is a change, you know. And so like, um, yeah, I'd add Delta. She Easy. is a refreshing change. She and would be lovely change. I would love to. She's a refreshing change, not just in Smash, hopefully, but also gaming <laughs> landscape as a whole. Mm -hmm. the, this game is vibrant. It's colorful. It's it's a it's a nice new take. Mm -hmm. on something that's pre-existing like like yeah. how you said before the cyberpunk how it's always raining in the future and there's <laughs> if someone's always on the phone in a long trench coat it's just it's a nice <laughs> game still but we yeah. like a variety of games as well you know change it up a bit sometimes yeah. Every day. yeah definitely so um i am pretty conscious of time we have run over a little bit so um please do um Please do follow um, the Kickstarter MG Squad on. Um, I, you can find it on. I'm assuming where can you find it, Adam? Tommy. So you can check out our Twitter. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can go to Kickstarter.com and then search Protodroid, <laughs> and it's the only. Fortunately, the name is so unique that it's pretty search optimized. Like you just search Protodroid, anything comes up is like me. Or my game is in like a random tweet that I put, like in the most embarrassing yeah. of things. But it's out there <laughs> for the internet. Uh, and then also we're on Twitter. We're like uh, we're Twitter.com at Protodroid uh, Delta. Um, and from there, you'll see you'll, that's where I, we post most, most frequently, most often of like when I say we, it's like me and like my friends will help out. But I'm mostly I'm developing the game by myself. Um, most, one small shout out to my artist. His name is um, on Twitter, Deft Juice, uh, D E F T J U Z Z. Like he's I, I'm so indebted to this man for helping me to bring to life all of my character designs, and he's responsible for all the beautiful art. And he's an incredibly skilled illustrator. And, uh, and so like um, I just love that guy. He's like a really good friend of mine. Um, and but yeah um but please adam thank you so much this game is something that um strikes a chord with um our hearts it's something that's sorely needed in a in this kind of time and age definitely and so thank you adam for um so much we really appreciate this interview and mm. uh, we'll make sure we post links and definitely support this because we um put our money where our mouths is we want games like this we're exactly. going to be supporting games like you know so oh, more you guys are the best as well Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. It's really, it's really nice meeting you all um, and getting a chance to like to be just to talk so in depth. I don't get to talk, I don't get to do this often with folks. Like I kind of have to. It's I don't get to meet chance to talk about the game because I'm usually like developing it or marketing it or prepping for the Kickstarter. So it's really fun to be able to just like spill all of like the, 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 the roof <laughs> of it and the rationale and why stuff and That's and just be more forthcoming about it. It's 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 it's, it's great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're exactly. Very welcome. exactly. So, I think um, I gotta go take care of babies. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you very much, Adam. Thank you very much. All right, I'll see you all. Bye bye. Right. We'll see Thank you. Later. Thank bye. you. Bye.